Hi, I'm Isaac. And I'm Declan. And together we're here to tell you about a brand new podcast from Shame City called Big Bad Books, coming soon to some ears near you. As two underpaid and and unfulfilled English lit graduates, we've been noticing a worrying trend. Super worrying. Yeah, in, in the amount of... Just very bad writing, which has been allowed through our front doors. Onto our bookshelves. And, and into our hearts and minds. And my Kindle. Oh, sucks. No. So we decided it was about time that someone took a stand and called this stuff out. So every other week, we'll be reading a chapter of one of the very worst books available to people right now. And then tearing it to pieces, metaphorically. And physically. Possibly. Burning them. But not without maybe, just maybe, learning a couple of lessons and making a few friends along the way. Our first season is on a real classic of the genre. It's going to be Ernest Cline's Ready Player Two. Episodes will be out every other Sunday and they're available in literally everywhere you can get podcasts. And you can always head to shame.city slash books if you get lost. (laughs) That's right, Declan. Uh, Anyway, like we always say on Big Bad Books... If you can't read them, them, read read them. them. No. Big Bad Books. We We read read them so so you don't have to. Bye-bye. Bye. Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> yes, but it's a positive thing, Penny. The High Life, the Shy Life. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, Paul. Delicious. This particular episode of the Shy Life is is a little more abstract Okay, it looks like the hairy guy is ready to record. Three, two, one. Go Shy Yeti. Oh, I hope he hasn't found out my secret. Do you think he has? Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? Well, I'm all right. Yes, we're, we're uh, back again to talk to you um, about some music. Um, Martin's here. Hi, Martin. Hello. 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 How are you doing? All right, thanks. Um, oh so we've, we've reached the end of the 60s already. I know, I know we, we kind of... Well, we've run out of years to talk about. It's well, no, we, no, no. I can find some more years. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need you... I'll to... just do them again. <laughs> yes. Pretending that we're somebody else. <laughs> I'll pretend I'm Marjorie. And this is my opinion on this song. I, I was thinking it'd be quite quite nice to bundle them together, but that would be a, what, one long ten-hour podcast. Yeah. At some well, point. I, um, I mean, I probably should be saying this at the end, but I, yeah, I mean, we've got the first few years of the seventies still to do, and then I think oh, I'd right. quite like to jump back to fifty-four, fifty-five. Ah. Um, whenever the chart, I think the chart started in, in about fifty-four, fifty-five. Perhaps okay. we could do the fifties ones. Double, double them up again like we did the other oh, yes I'll have to start wearing a suit and a, and a very thin tie but yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Um, there's not much material about in the 50s you know yes, it's, yes, it's yeah. rationally gone but um, but anyway today we'll be doing 1969 <laughs> and we'll be sending the 60s off in style hopefully uh, but, uh, it's we'll, we'll, I'll get I'll get me uh, me Tara King Colotte song oh, yes please do because she's my favourite <laughs> okie dokie let's get that theme music running and when we come back Martin will be dressed like Tara King from the Avengers I'll uh, make sure of it. <laughs> it's time for my old buddy, old pal, from across the channel, across the pond. Bob Chandler, the shy daddy. He's not that shy. Oh, it's the shy life podcast. Yeah. All I want 
Robin was a pie, and then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it is it deep? Is it deep? But that boy, he's had all that shy is right. Blimey, Governor, it's the Shy Life Podcast. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to begin. It's the Shy Life Podcast. He's positively glowing. Well, there you go. Muffin, you're looking wonderful. Uh, you, I know, it's, it's, this it beehive, it, it took it took so much hairspray. It's, it, uh, the problem is now, if I bang my head on anything, it'll probably damage the wall. You'll probably stick to it. <laughs> yeah, possibly, that's true. Still. There are all sorts of sort of strange creatures sort of attaching themselves to yeah, my hair. I do like that you, you, you get yourself into the spirit of the, the era, yeah. though. So. Well, it's a touch of the Bob Rosses as well, you know. <laughs> um, so, I, I can't, I don't have any personal memories of 69. But um, but do you? I don't. I don't know that. Uh, I tell you the interesting thing. Well, no, I say it's interesting. The thing is, I I I think I've said on previous occasions. I I I genuinely claim I can't remember much before the age of twelve. But Mm. obviously, I can. Mm. And the interesting thing about this is, I can remember the adverts that they used to run for Cadbury's chocolate in the late six late 1969 you know in the in the la di da supersonic 70s isn't it nice to know they still cabbage chocolate so i must have been conscious around that time obviously mm. the moon landing was in 69 yes and i do i i i never quite never quite sure i'm never quite sure whether i i have a false memory of this or whether i actually was sat on my my um my dad's knee Mm. But I, I I have strong memories of the moon landings, mm. uh, but I'm not sure whether they're actual memories of the moon landings or whether they're other people's memories of the moon landings that I'm sort of transposing. But so so that was a that was a good year from that point of view. Mm. Um, can't remember a great deal about it apart from that. It, it's interesting that I obviously have things from that time that I still own because I can't never throw anything away um, so little bits and pieces that were being collected you know, books I was given and stuff like that which date yeah. back to then so yeah. so I, I was I was I was conscious it's <laughs> more than I was but I mean I would have been I mean five yeah. so yeah. I mean I would obviously I started school and I do remember starting school mm. and I do remember mm. the things that sort of are attached to uh, you know starting school I think I started school when I was four and a half actually I think I was one of those kids who had to go in the middle of the year yeah mm-hmm. and then ended up being one of the uh, youngest in the year forevermore mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um so so it was always these i was always i've always been quite intimidated by huge people who are a foot taller than me <laughs> mainly because that was most of my life when i was at school yeah <laughs> uh, well i do have some events to tell you other than the moon landings oh. um okay. just just little bits and pieces that were going in the world of pop um on the 4th of January, guitarist Jimi Hendrix is accused of arrogance by TV producers after playing an impromptu version of Sunshine of Your Love past his allotted time slot on the BBC. Is that on the Lulu show? Yeah, that's right. Happening for Lulu. Uh, strangely <laughs> enough, I think we talked about that on one of my other shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in a, little, a week or two later, Led Zeppelin released their first album. Um, oh, yeah. And about a week after that, Pete Best wins his defamation lawsuit against the Beatles. Best had right. originally sought eight million, but ended up being awarded much less. Yeah, right. what, uh, what did they defame him over? Did they say he was a rubbish drummer? I'm not sure. Doesn't doesn't actually say. I, I don't know whether. I, don't know. I mean, to be honest, I've not actually ever heard that before. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, I don't know whether it's. Uh, 
But eight million, I mean, let's face yeah. it, would have been a fair, I mean, mm. it's a fair few bob now, but it would have been quite a lot of money in, yeah. in the 60s. I don't know if it's because he he was cross that he left so, or, mm. or was sent on his way so close to them being mm. big. Um, yes. But, um, um, but defamation sounds like it would be something that's... Yeah, someone said a bad so, thing yeah. about him. Mm, yeah. uh, hey, you're rubbish best. You're not we, best at all. We, we have got quite a lot of uh, Beatles... I don't know if this is the, the Beatles news events that I happen to have clicked on, but... Uh, well, I don't know. I suspect that they are the, the most remembered thing. I mean, unless you happen to have a stack of sort of melody makers next mm. to you or something, you know, that that cover more of the 60s. The stuff that trickles through time usually is the headlines, isn't yeah. it? And, and let's face it, the biggest news was the Beatles in those days. Well, the next, the next bit of Beatles news uh, is, um, I guess... It's one of those things that you wouldn't have known it at the time that it was going to be so important. But the 30th of January, the Beatles performed for the last time in public on the roof of the Apple Building. Of course, you wouldn't have oh, no, known. I was thinking. Have known I that thought then. that was the 70s. I, I actually thought that was 1970. It was actually 60s. I think it's because it came out in the Let It Be movie, which came out quite a while. Right. It's all a bit funny around this period because mm. Let It. Because I think I'm right in saying Let It Be was recorded before Abbey Road, but Abbey Road mm. ended up coming out before Let It Be. Um, mm. And, and uh, there's all that sort of... Um, uh, on the 3rd of February, John Lennon, George Harrison, Ringo Starr hire Alan Klein as the Beatles' new mm. business manager, against the wishes okay. of Paul McCartney. Um, uh, and and Paul hired... the death. Yeah, and Paul, Paul hired Eastman and Eastman, Linda Eastman's father's law firm. Um <laughs> In February, 18th of February, Lulu and Morris Gibb are married. And um, okay, that's not a connection I'd made in my in in my knowledge bank. Yeah, interesting. The 12th of March, Paul McCartney and and uh, Linda Eastman marry. Um, mm. That was a connection I'd made in yes. my, my knowledge <laughs> bank. <laughs> and um, the same day, uh, George Harrison and his wife Patty are arrested on charges of hashish possession. Ah, um, so. Oh, and, Lord. And, and the, I don't imagine anybody calls it that nowadays, yeah, do they? Yeah. <laughs> and on the 20th of March, John Lennon and Yoko Ono got married. So really, it Crikey. was... It was a, uh, if I, w- I wonder how many people went to all of those weddings. Well, this is it. The I mean, same, it would be costing you a fortune for presents, wouldn't it, that year? If, yeah. you, were, if you were in their circle, luckily, <laughs> likes of us were never likely to be no, there. So. I think you probably just ended up getting married just to get your, your present back. Or, or Although it's, it's the whole imagine no possessions, except for all the stuff you bought us for our wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the, always kind of weird when when sort of teen pop idols actually sort of get married and all the, the break a million hearts, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> it's um, kind of weird actually mentioning. Sorry, uh, mentioning Let It Be. Oddly enough, because you know they used to show they always used to show the four Beatles movies mm. sort of on consecutive weeks on the BBC on BBC Two or something on summer evenings, and Let It Be was always the one that I thought, no, this is one's dull. It's because it was more or less a documentary. Yeah. Uh, and yet now that's the one I'd really... I've not seen it in years and I'd really like to sort of sit down and, and give that a proper watch, you know. Mm. Mm. I don't think it's a bad album, actually. No. Mm. Um, 29th of March uh, um, is the 14th Eurovision Song Contest, which, uh, of course... So young. Yeah, and, and uh, sort of I think we've noticed this before that Eurovision Song Contest was a month or three earlier in the year than it is these days and has been because it's been May as long as I can think of but uh, it's also very strange that you, you actually think of it as only being 14 years old and now of course there's what 60 odd of them and you mm. think how can the late 60s you know how can it be 50 years ago it just doesn't compute yeah. in my mind at all 
and then that was the year where there was a four-way tie between Spain, the United Kingdom, Netherlands and France. Oh, and, did they uh, do? Well, you can't toss a coin for that. Did they have to have playoffs or something? Uh, there was no tie-break rule. The four entries involved who each scored 18 points and declared joint winners. Oh, uh, that was go. the year that... They had to have uh, some more trophies made. Yeah, mm. that was the year that Lulu did boom-bang-a-bang. Bang. Mm. Uh, you see, the thing that always strikes me, and again, this is another one of those odd but peculiar things, is don't you think... You remember the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, which was mm. uh, 1963. Don't you feel that the the fact that that's now eight years ago, yeah. it seems to have gone in the blink of an eye, and you actually start to p wonder, did the Hartnell and Troughton eras, and to, you know even the, now into Pertwee, did that did that feel like a very short amount of time at the time, or did it feel like a very long amount of time? It's very odd when you sort of look back on in history that. The, because I don't remember that, you know, what, what I'm, I remember when I was 10 and mm. the stuff from 1964 would have seemed like a million years ago. Yeah. And now stuff from 10 years ago, sort of 2011, seems like it happened last week. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I've been, I've been sort of, I know, I know this is a bit bleak, but I mean, I, I'm still amazed that it's, it's eight years this year since my mother died. And it's kind of like, how can it be eight years ago? I, I, it's, it's like I was going to the hospital 20 minutes ago. You know, it's really weird. Mm. <laughs> I can't believe Mr. Dealey is 16 and a half. It doesn't seem 16 yeah, and a half years ago since I picked him up. Precisely. Uh, it's, it's just odd, isn't it? It really is odd that, that you know, that this... this What's that thing that, that John Lennon says? Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. And it's mm -hmm. kind of it's kind of there, really. Mm. Um, a few quicker ones to rush mm -hmm. to go through. Um, although I, 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 will, I will announce that 1969 doesn't have as many number ones as some of our other years, so we should get... Well, that's good, because we've got a short time slot this week, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because of Mr Dealey having to go to have go, go to the vet. Um, go for his jab. Yeah, well, he... he, he it's he, not his coronavirus. No, no that's jab. me tomorrow. But, uh, oh, you're having one. I'm having one tomorrow, yes. Um, so we've got a few things, like in April we've got the first complete performance of Tommy by The Who. Tommy, um, I like Tommy. Yeah, it's like um, uh, Ken Russell, isn't it? The film, but uh, when it when it gets made, but and it's an absolute bonkers film. Mm. But uh, I know that the Who are less fashionable these days because of various reasons. But uh, oh, it's just it's a it's just mm. the rock opera as an idea is absolutely batshit crazy. But to be frank, you know, it's a great. It's just good music. It's a good. I enjoy. Tommy, I really do. I like that. I like it as a, as a as an experience. You know, pop. I mean, there's that whole thing with the baked beans, which is a little bit weird. But I do. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's a it's an interesting experience cinematically. Yeah. Um, in June, you've got the John Lennon and Yoko Ono bedding. At uh, ah. um, I didn't realise that was in uh, Canada that happened, but uh, yeah. uh, unless they, unless they did it in more than one city, but. Uh, um, the same month. I, I had a vague feeling I did know that. I don't yeah. know why I particularly knew that. Yeah. It's where they wrote bed piece, hair piece. That's a hair piece. Yeah, they, they did. Um, they recorded "Give Peace a Chance" in the same in that in that same suite. Um, um, uh, the eleventh of June, David Berry releases "Space Oddity," right. um, although it takes another five years or or slightly more to get to number one. For anybody to notice. But, uh, well, that's that's time dilation and uh, you know the the light. It, it has to come from a from a, a star five light years away. Mm. That's why it takes mm. a lot. <laughs> um, the same a couple of days later, Mick Taylor joins the Rolling Stones because ah. we're sort of in that um, 
during that period after that mix and match period yeah, yeah where, they, where they've started to lose people um a cream about at that stage you know the, <laughs> these super groups were forming weren't they yes yeah, yeah ginger um, baker oh actually I, actually I thought um i thought brian jones i thought mick taylor was coming into the band because Brian Jones had already died, but he, he doesn't die mm. until a month later. So I don't know if he was. I, I can't remember because he. Oh right, I see. He had left the Rolling Stones, oh. um, and then Mick Taylor come in, and then he died. I didn't realise yeah. that's the way around it. I didn't realise he had left the Rolling Stones. Yes, we've um, learned something today. That's interesting. Uh, but of course, this again, it, it's funny that the late sixties. There is a kind of despite this. I, I think we've talked about this before. This this sense of the, what is the real sixties, but already it's starting to fragment, isn't it? You know the. Beatles break up the stones sort of re um sort of recalibrate themselves you know? mm. is actually that late 1960s sense of things are changing and things are crumbling a little bit of course you've got vietnam going on and everything like that so it's actually a very interesting time historically i mean this is the time when you've got all the um the stuff happening in the the campuses and everything like that as well you know so yeah i think it's a very interesting era generally although if you look at this list it's probably only the first six or seven months that are interesting because the amount of, the amount of things that happen in the, the second part of the year is, is very um uninspiring in comparison to the first six oh, or seven but there was so um, well, from, obviously the moon landing which is yes which is yeah. at least scrapes into the second half of the year yeah um, so I'll tell you a few births. Um, okay. We've got uh, James Dean Bradfield from the Manic Street Preachers on the 21st okay. of February. We've got... Um, Children. Uh, Children all. We've got Murray Gold, um, 28th of February. Okay. Of course, known, known for his Doctor Who music. Um, uh, Kathy Dennis um, on the 25th of March, later mm -hmm. to be a, uh, a big pop name in the late 80s, early mm -hmm. 90s. Uh, Keris Matthews, 11th of April, so known for sort of being in Catatonia sort of during Britpop. I'm, I'm always amazed actually because this makes most, most of these people now about 52, mm. where well, I don't think of them as being 52, I think I've mentioned this before, yeah. but yeah. Uh, equally uh, it, it just it just strikes me that they're, they're all so much younger than me and they're all <laughs> terribly successful. Uh, we've got 27th, 27th of April, we've got Mika Paris, or Misha oh. Paris, singer. Um, 26th of June, Colin Greenwood, he's a member of Radiohead. Um, and PJ Harvey, um, 9th of October, also successful. Oh, and 30th of December, JK from Jamiroquai. A bit, um, a bit of a marmite yeah. one that one but, uh. <laughs> well yeah and, and again I'm, I'm, I'm surprised actually I, 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 again because of the way sort of time messes around in my head I sort of think of Jeremy Kwai as being they're all about sort of 25 <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. and in my head they always will be uh, now some famous deaths we have Billy Cotton the band leader um, oh, right. he was BBC Billy he was 69 um, mm -hmm. and um, we've already mentioned Brian Jones but Ted Heath also a band leader he was 67 uh, but, uh, that does what oh okay because there is the Ted Heath orchestra as fronted by the other Ted Heath that's quite it's very confusing okay. doesn't it uh, it is yeah how um, dare he <laughs> right we'll move on to some number ones now I've got other mm -hmm. you know, other bits and pieces to that, that I've got set up here, but we shall start when we. Um, you're going to throw me a curveball again. I can sense curveballs out. Well, um, if, if I tell you that, <laughs> if I tell you that the first 
number one of 1969 is a Beatles song, but it's not sung by the Beatles. Oh, uh, is uh, it Scylla? No, no, it's oh. uh, it is actually is it? it is actually a Beatles song as well, uh, rather than a song written by the Beatles. Right. It's Obla Dee Obla Da by Mar- oh, by Marmalade. Crikey. Marmalade, yeah. Um, uh, now I always get them slightly mixed up with the scaffold for mm. strangely bizarre reasons, and I think maybe that's because did did the scaffold also do that? Um, not that I know of, but no, it's um, just that, that for some reason I associate it with with John Gorman. So I don't know. They were the the Marmalade were originally known as the Gay Lords in 1961, right. and then they became Dean Ford and the Gay Lords, and Fair then enough. they became Marmalade. I think probably Marmalade is probably uh, um, a slightly more catchy name. <laughs> well, Marmalade, uh, like Marmite, really, is 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 one of those things that there is, people who don't like Marmalade really don't like. I can't understand them at all. But equally, I'm not a big fan of Marmite, so what do no, I? Know? I like mar- but, I uh, like Marmalade, but not Marmite. <laughs> see, ah, there we go. Which Mar are you? It's a whole yes. advertising campaign coming here. We should we, we should be on a retainer. <laughs> uh, although I have been taught to appreciate Marmite more, but mm. by uh, by somebody who who put a, who puts a very thin layer of it and then maybe right. puts cheese on top. So the Marmite is just a it's a backbone taste, not a not yeah. not not thickly slathered over it. But uh, well, I I sometimes like cheese and peanut butter. So what do I know? But um, <laughs> there's a. You see, the interesting thing is that having changed the name from... Is this... Was, was Gay Lords one word or two out of interest? Um, I'm not sure. I've just gone down. Um, it was one word. Yeah, Because it is, it is a first name, isn't it? So... Yes. Could just... Yeah. I was just, yeah, I was just wondering whether it was there was an apostrophe there and it, they, no. they belonged to a... To a, a to family. Gay Lord, somebody or other. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, from, they're from Glasgow. Uh, they yeah. actually had more hits than I realised. They... They had a song in '68, number six, called "Loving Thi- Loving Things." Oh, right. um, it's missing the G, so I'm having trouble pronouncing yes. it. <laughs> um, then they have another number. No, sorry, then they have another hit in '69 called "Baby Make It Soon," number oh, okay. nine, and then "Reflections of My Life," number three. That's also '69. Mm. "Rainbow," number three. Mm. Um, "Cousin Norman" in 1971, and I don't know if that's a typo. If it's "Ra Dancer" or "Rain Dancer." But all of these would work better if we try and do our poetry of the titles thing that we sometimes (laughs) try and do because Obladi Oblada is a difficult one to make a connection to something else. (laughs) Unless there's lots of titles this year like Ubalaba Lubalaba or something, you know, Wibble Wobble Wibble Wobble. (laughs) It's just absolutely everything so childish these days, not like in my day. At At time of recording, I've only just edited and released the 1966 episode of, mm. of our talk as you know and uh, I managed to spend at least something on eBay um, uh, buying something on vinyl that was from 66 because uh, I decided that I wanted to own uh, a copy of Pretty Flamingo which I do in other formats but I decided I wanted the actual 7 inch single so. Did you see the picture I posted? Oh um, I, I'm, I think so I think so The the My, my mum and dad's copy of uh, the Sound of Music soundtrack. Oh, yes, I did see was, that. Yes, I did. yes, yes. <laughs> and a couple, a couple of my sister's Beatles singles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was looking through um, Manfred Mann greatest hits collections and trying to decide ah. which version I should get 
to have yeah. a copy on vinyl because I say I probably yeah. have a lot of these on CD, but I just can't. It was it was the song "Fox on the Run" that took me uh, that that was drew me back to Manfred Mann, interestingly mm. enough. And uh, of course, there was an uh, the Sweet also did a song called "Fox on the Run," but yeah. had a completely different sound. Yeah. Well, our next number one, um, funnily enough, considering. Uh, that we you just mentioned the uh, the scaffold is um, Lily the Pink. Now Lily the Pink was the last number one of '68, so ah. Obladi Obladar took over from it, and then Lily the Pink took it took it Came back. back. Yeah, oh, um, but only for one, only for one more week. But so yeah. again, this is, I suppose I, I mean you could argue and and probably will, but it was kind of like this was party season if it's January, isn't it? So maybe because they both feel like party songs to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah. Um, particularly really the pink you can imagine people singing it in a sort of oh absolutely because um, uh, uh, it's got a very sort in, of in, yes in, yes in a, in a haze of a haze of, of the juice of the uh, sauce yeah. yes absolutely um, in a belladonic haze I get the feeling that sometimes it does get sung at football matches yes possibly I'm, I, I, I am looking forward to Ick's uh, rendition of that yes please. definitely yeah um <laughs> The pink, the pink, the pink. Yeah. Don't you make him jealous. Okay. He'll he insist on doing that duet. He's been wanting. <laughs> I'm not sure my tonsils can keep up the, uh, <laughs> the pace uh, well, for that long. So, uh, well, Say that, I'm not got any tonsils. I don't want to wonder. Anyway, go on. Uh, so our next number one after leave the pink is, you'll recognise this one, it's Obadi Obadar again. Crikey on a bikey. Is this the yo-yo year? <laughs> no, the year of the yo-yo. Yo-yo, yo-yo. It was mainly just around this time, but uh, although this time it stays at number, uh, it stays at number one for a slightly longer period. It's um, number one. Is this number still two. the marmalade version, or is, or is still this the marmalade version? Still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because the Beatles never actually released it as a single, even though oh, okay. it, I, I guess it's. Oh, oh, hello, Dealey. Do you remember any of these songs? Just, just reminding you that the, just come to remind you that you got an appointment. Yeah, yes, I don't think he knows about that. Yeah. But, uh, can you not? Can you not stand in front of the screen, please? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Do you sit uh, sit this side. Do I need to give you extra half hour for the actual basket getting into? No, because we don't go. We're not going until four. So if ah. we finish at three, then yeah. we we, can, we can't pounce on him too soon. But, <laughs> um, okay. Right, well, I'm going to keep talking, deals. Um. So, after Obladi Oblada, um, we have the first mention of uh, a band that would become uh, very iconic in the seventies. I guess they were iconic in the sixties, but uh, mm. uh, but a, a different lineup. We have Albatross by Fleetwood Mac. Ah, uh, the Mac, yes. Return of the Mac. <laughs> now, I, I, interestingly enough, because I, I well, I say it's interesting. I always say it's interesting. I'm not ever sure it is, but I try. <laughs> I try to be interesting. But uh, I have got uh, sort of Peter Green Fleetwood Mac CD somewhere, mm. and I really, you know, I ordered it and I, I enjoy it. But I must admit, Fleetwood Mac for me is really sort of rumours Tusk era. Yes. You know, uh, I, I, I know a lot of people say that that early stuff is a lot better but i i personally and maybe it's because it's just i'm familiar with it and that's always the thing with music isn't it if you are familiar with it you're you're kind of in tune with it you kind of you know it belongs to you in some way and stuff that you come across later that even might be earlier can mm. sometimes feel a little bit not quite what you know you like about it you know yeah i'm more into the uh, the, the 
sort of 70s and 80s version myself. So our next number one after that for one week is Blackberry Way by The Moon. By Blackberry um, Way. For, for one week. But yeah, good song. I enjoy they'd, that. They'd later become, uh, well, they'd later become Wizard and... Oh, okay. Electric Light Orchestra. That although I don't think sense. Jeff Lynne was in the the move at this point. I think he came. I think he joined the move right towards oh, the yeah. end of the move. So we've, we've basically uh, got citrus fruit with marmalade, and we've got uh, blackberry way. So that's, uh, that's yeah. kind of, it's kind of it's a bit of a fruity year so far. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, so, uh, following that, we have uh, quite well. I'd say this is quite a. I, I I would say that blackberry way isn't one that I knew until mm. I, sort of it wasn't. Even though it was number one, it wasn't one I knew until I started looking into those sorts of bands. Mm. But um, the next number one, I'd say, it was one that does tend to appear mm. um, on, on sort of compilations, 60s compilations, or certainly did back mm. in the 80s when I was very interested. Um, uh, if Paradise is Half is Nice. That's by heaven that you take me to. Hernie's Paradise, I'd rather have you. <laughs> that was two weeks. All um, right, nice again, yeah. Now, and who did that? That's Amen Corner. Amen Corner. Yeah. So, uh, do, uh, are, any of, are any of the members of Amen Corner famous for other bands? Because, because like I say I was just thinking it's interesting when you tell me the move mm. had Roy Wood in it. I recognise mm. the voice, but yeah. I've not made the connection in my head. And I'm just thinking. Mm. Uh, I don't think so. I don't recognise the mm. um, the, na- the names. Um, but um, let me just see. Well, Name in Corner is one of those. Again, it's it's one of those band names that pops up, and you go, ah, yes. But actually, I couldn't have told you anything that they'd actually recorded. You know, they're, the sort, of, they're sort of the Manic Street preachers of their day because oh, they're okay. wel- they're Welsh. Um, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> um, I am I am t- uh, slowly but surely turning into Michael Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the sort of period at the top was relatively short. They had a number twelve hit in '67, "Gin House Blues," um, and then they had "Bend Me, Shake Me," which that was a that was a big one um, in early '68. Um, "High in the Sky" '68. Uh, then then if Paradise is half as nice in '69, and they had another top ten hit in '69, "Hello Susie," uh, and then after that. Uh, well, it says there's only had one more single and it did not chart. And it was called Get Back, which might have put people off buying it because there, there might be a slightly more famous song called Get Back. Yes, um, possibly. Or it may well be a cover, you never know. I mean, it's, uh, it actually might have been. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting. The, um, the, the Welsh music scene generally is actually was, was, has always been sort of there with us. Like, say, you, mm. you mentioned Cerise uh, Matthews earlier. I'm trying to think of that sort of... Uh, hard rock band that came from Cardiff and or Swansea and I can't remember I, they, they have tripped out of my mind but they were around for a while you know because obviously I, I spent a few years of my life in South Wales you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah no it, it, it was always very strong but very sort of different the Welsh it, uh, music it, scene yeah. it looks like it was uh, a cover of Get Back mm-hmm. okay. they, uh, before they split up in 69 they appeared um, as a band yes um, in a in a horror film called Scream and Scream Again, oh. which I've probably seen. Oh, I was um, going to say, I think you say, I wish I was only watching last night. <laughs> Is it one of those things where sometimes the music bit gets cut from future releases or something? It's kind of odd. 
it's like it's like the musical interval in in, in any sort of television program. You know, like uh, the young ones or whatever. You saw so occasionally they when they release them, they just snip that bit in. It was a um, it, it it starred Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, and wow. Peter Cushing. Um, but uh, it's based on the novel *The Disorientated Man* by Peter Saxon. Wow. Um, but I think I do have it in my collection somewhere. Mm. But where, whether whether they appear, whether they whether they actually appear on screen, or whether they, they just sing the theme tune, the, uh, the 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 information isn't isn't clear. But uh, it, well, if you do have it in your collection, is it going on Saturday's viewing this week? <laughs> I think you'll have to. Um, <laughs> so following following that we have for four weeks where do you go to my lovely by peter he was a warbler wasn't he yeah or you can imagine it being done you can almost imagine it being doing, done in a welsh accent maybe um amen corner could have uh, where you go into my lovely yeah possibly <laughs> I, I i i in my mind it's it's gone to charles asnavall for some reason yes it is more like that although it's quite with, with, with your carefully designed topless yeah. swimsuit. I remember that being one of the lines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, some good, there's some good lyrics in that, and that was definitely on one of my 60s compilations. Ah, uh, well, you know, I, it's, it's interesting. We've been watching quite a few um, French dramas recently, and it does amaze me how effort, effortlessly the French wear clothes and look mm. brilliant in them. And yet, and then the sort of the British actors turn up, and the, and for some reason we could probably put the same outfits on and somehow just look like we've been in a tumble dryer. And I don't know what it is. There's just something about the way the, the, the French carry themselves that is unflinchingly glamorous, and they can't help it. Do you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, fo- following Peter Sarsted, I have a feeling Peter Sarsted is related. He's he's uh, well, he's the brother of musicians Eden Kane and Clive Sarsted. Kane oh, yeah. um, and Sarsted, that again, bit ITV. Yeah. Um, Sarsted and Sarsted and Kane, I suppose. Um, Always oh, that two-syllable uh, sounds better, doesn't it? Starsky and Hutch is the same kind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our next number one was for three weeks, and it was a very famous tune. It was "I Heard It Through the Grapevine" by Marvin ah, Gaye. Right. Uh, so not a cover version at all. This was the original. Was was this a yes. re-release? Had that been around before? Was that that uh, when it was brand spanking new? Sure. Um, Again, I'm, I'm now thinking of uh, Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer and those little puppets <laughs> sitting, sitting on dock at a bay, watching the boat, watching the things go by. <laughs> Marvin Gaye's version was the second version to be recorded. Uh, okay. Interesting. But that was a Motown thing as well, wasn't it? Sometimes the most famous version isn't isn't necessarily the original. And it was recorded in '67, so I'm not quite sure okay. why it didn't get to us till '69, or why it well, got the charts. Uh, I but mean, we've talked about this you know, on previous editions, but sometimes there's a movie out, isn't there? And it suddenly, mm-hmm. a song can suddenly become. Yeah. It was originally recorded um, by Gladys Knight and the Pips, um, and released as a single. Because mm. I think by this time there was a lot more parallel with the UK and US, wasn't the music generally? I don't. I don't think it was. Because I mean, I know those sometimes stuff took a long time to trickle through. Certainly in the earlier part of the decade, but I think by this stage, if something was a hit in Britain, it was pretty much a hit in America at the same time, wasn't mm-hmm. it? More or less. Mm-hmm. Maybe the sales had. I mean, again, I suppose we get this with things like DVDs. Even now, that you get the release of it is a few months afterwards. So I suppose. Yeah. So maybe not, but it is interesting. Well, the, apparently, the the Miracles were the first people to record it, but their ah. version wasn't released until 
after the Gladys Knight and the Pips version. Oh, so. Is that the Miracles of the Smokey Robinson and? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Oh my, I feel so ignorant about my Motown stuff, you know. It's, uh, that's the problem, I, I, I put the CD on and it, you know, I've got a Motown compilation and I love it, but I don't, I tend to spend a lot of time looking at who's doing what track, you know, which is very bad of me. I need one of those uh, CD players that sort of, you, all the data comes up as you, <laughs> as the tracks there, you know, little LEDs that tell you what track is which and who it by. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to see why it got released in 69, particularly in the UK, but... Uh, mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm it just might be one of those things that it yeah. just was a slow burner, you know. Yeah. Well, following that, we have um, another uh, well-known tune. It is just for one week. The Israelites by Desmond Decker uh, and the Aces. My ears are alight. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, that that was in an advert, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, it? it was a, there was a lot of these. Mis- it's one of the one of the more famous mispronounced. Or, yeah, or misunderstood. Yeah. I think I've told you before about a chap I used to work with who used to uh, sit there with his headphones in and he couldn't help but s- sort of sing along in the office, which was always terribly hilarious. Mm. But 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 his lyrics were always wrong. And uh, yeah, uh, the, the, our, the most famous one was uh, Elvis Presley in the meadow, <laughs> which has, I, uh. I still it still makes me chuckle when I hear the hear the song. They've got Colden Gray, what's it, Colden Gray Chicago Dawn. You know, the little yeah. child is born in the meadow. In the meadow. I, I still think of Cartman in South Park singing, In the ghetto. Do you guys? Echo him. I think I think that's the uh, I think that's one of the first times I actually even heard in the ghetto. It was on South Park. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those one of those Elvis ones. That Elvis Presley, really, man. <laughs> Um, well, following that, I think I think last time I promised to talk about a time when I did. Yeah, yes. I have a feeling you did it. Did you do a karaoke to a Beatles song or something? And I said I had one. Uh, I, uh, I, I, not not so much karaoke. I, I've never done karaoke, but I, yeah. uh, I used to get a bit tipsy. And, um, and when we were clearing up a disco, we did do Hey Jude. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the next number one clear is the, room, the one. Usually, <laughs> the, 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 the next number one is the one that I did. And at a, okay. at a karaoke, it's Get Back, ah. um, which is billed as the Beatles with Billy Preston, um, because he was involved That's a, that's a well. brave choice, Paul. Were you, were you alone on stage? No, it was Kat, uh, my, my old flatmate, Cameron, ah, and I, uh, okay. in the pub near Waterloo. Okay, yeah, I can see it happening if, if there were a few of you, but uh, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's a very brave choice. <laughs> it requires a lot of vocal range, a lot of... <laughs> Um, and the other the other time I remember doing karaoke was to seeing the Wombles with Nick and Ali um, right after they just got together. So I imagine that's that, simpler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no and shorter, I would imagine as well. <laughs> um, Get back's quite a long song, isn't it? I mean, comparatively yeah. speaking, I mean, I know, number, in these terms, number, number one for six weeks, which puts it sort of joint third or or joint second I don't know how I can't remember how it works but um, yeah there's there's one other song that was also six weeks but there's one other that, that was eight weeks so, is, yeah, this, is this Abbey Road by the way is this from Abbey um, Road well get, get Back's not on Abbey Road oh, um, okay. I think it's on I think it's I get think back although it's not, I think it is included on um, let it be but that wouldn't have been released so at the time I guess mm. it was just a standalone yeah. they did do a few standalone singles around that yeah. time because they did don't 
well, the song of the, the song of uh, the ballad of John and Yoko mm. and stuff. It's all on the um, Blue album, isn't it? Yeah. Album. Um, so following following that, uh, we have a song that was number one only for one weeks. Okay. Uh, for one week at the time, but uh, and it's one my parents had, and I used to play this. My brother and I used to play this quite a lot. Uh, it's Dizzy by Tommy Rowe, which of course talking about Vic Reeves. Yeah, Vic Reeves Dizzy. Yeah, that big reason so I've broken stuff, your ears again. I'm sorry. I think, and I think that was number. I think it was number one when they did it as well. But, uh, but uh, my I, I head was, is spinning. I, the the Tommy Rowe version. Like become. a whirlpool, it never <laughs> ends. Um, I need I, you. Yeah, yeah, I think I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you do. Um, well, the weird, the weird thing was. Um, so we've got get back. For six weeks, we got mm. dizzy for one week, mm. and then um, that that was Just not get enough. Back, get for, back. <laughs> well, no, it's not. But it's the ballad of John and Yoko, so they got ah. their next single out very quickly. Um, I do like the ballad of John and Yoko. I think it's a it's a it's a cracking. It, I know it's it's not really. A, I mean, in, lyrically, it's it's all over the place. But I do mm. like it. I do like it. I wonder if because get back was more of a pool song. Um, mm. Whether the agreement was that they should release a song that was more. Um, or John, and also because, well, I, I think when we talked about the the dates, mm. uh, they would have already been married for a, a few. Am I being a complete clown here? Is is is, and remembering completely the wrong song? But is is Ballad of John and Yoko the one that blends into a different song in the middle with about the holes in Blackburn, Lancashire, or is that the other one? No, that, that's that's Day in the Life. Day in the Life. Uh, Sorry, I knew I was messing it up in my head. Yeah, Ballad of John Yoko isn't as interesting as Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, although it it's a good job because I was about to go on to a five-minute spiel about holes in Blackburn, Lancashire, and obviously <laughs> that would have been a huge, huge mistake. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ballad of John Yoko was, in, was number one for three weeks. Then we have mm. another one that was for three weeks. We have Thunderclap Newman, Something in the Air. Something in the Air. Now, um, again, that, that weirdly does ring a bell, you know, and that's, that's, yeah. that's kind of one of those massive... Again, these are all sort of karaoke classics that can be belted out when you've had a few, aren't they? I mean, you know, but yeah, uh, but yeah Thunderclap Newman—that's a name to conjure with. Do you, do you do you think do you think he do you think his parents chose that name for him, or do you think it was his, his <laughs> or, or was he um, uh, you know was it some sort of cultural thing? I mean, uh, he, sure. The uh, they're uh, they're described as um, a British rock band that Peter Townsend of the Who. Uh, uh, Oh, Peter Townsend of the Who and Kit Lambert formed in so. Oh, so this is basically like um, what was what was Bowie's uh, band that he formed as a side. Uh, yeah, but what were they called? They must. They oh, well, they, they formed the band. I don't think they were in the band. There is a Townsend yeah. in the band, but it's not. It's Josh Townsend. Oh, right. um, it was to showcase the talents of John Speedy Keane, Jimmy oh, McCulloch, right. who I feel like was probably in Wings. Yes, in, in the seventies, okay. and Andy Thunderclap Newman. Oh, okay, um, fair enough. But uh, yeah, it, it uh, trying to see if they did any other any other singles uh, or sort of had other hits. Um, no, they had another song called Accidents yeah. that got to number forty six. Okay. Uh, they had they did re- they released one album in nineteen seventy. Right. So, uh, 
So I, 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 the, the thing I was trying to remember there was tin machines. So, so, so yes. I think it was. I was thinking it was. It was. It was Pete Townsend's tin machine. David Bowie also did another band in the early seventies, but ah. uh, I, we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. But, but where were the spiders, Paul? Where were the spiders? <laughs> Just before that, wasn't it, James? Um, <laughs> so our next number one was for five weeks. It was Honky Tonk Woman by the Rolling Stones. Ah. I know we don't always think of the Stones as being a singles act, but that was one of the ones that, that uh, was released as a single. Um, although whether it was actually on an album, whether it was, mm. it was still doing that old thing of releasing an album and then having the single separately. Um, I, do, I, I must admit, I do like early Stones stuff. It's, uh, it's you know, those Hot Rocks compilations mm. they did. They are, they are very, very good. It's like you, uh, as, as as the kids would have it today. Everyone a banger. <laughs> it, banging um, tune, banging tune. Well, I'm probably showing you. <laughs> it, it it was released as a single only release. So, um. <laughs> but I got it on an LP. I think you'll find it's about twenty years later. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next number one for three weeks is another one that my parents had, and it's a weird it's a weird one. It's uh, Zager and Evans in the year 2525. In the year 2525. If man is still alive. No, that was in my sister's record collection. Yeah. It's one of those things, actually, Zager and Evans is one of those answers I can give because it was in my sister's record collection. Yeah, it was in my parents. One of my faves, that was. Yeah, it's a a weird one. (laughs) I've never been quite understanding why they they changed the numbering system halfway through the song because it because it, cause it, cause yeah. something, doesn't it change something like 5510 or something like that? yeah I think it's probably because they want to, ch- to start rhyming with other they ran out of rhymes for five <laughs> yeah <laughs> they did have other singles but none of them did any no they had um, Mr Turnkey that got to yeah, number okay. that well actually that was only the, I don't think they had mm. They had any chart charting positions in but the again UK. this is interesting now because w- when you consider it this is uh, i i thought again this is just because of probably when i was playing my sister's uh, singles um, but um i thought it was much later i thought it was about 72 the zebra notes um i wouldn't be 100 percent no it, it's, it's just interesting it may be that they did the greatest hits. It could well be. I, it's interesting uh, when I dug out those uh, singles that are the very few that still remain from that era of my sisters. Uh, that there is, I, I was quite quite fond of the fact that it looked like she used to make her own uh, single sleeves for some of them, so that mm. she's actually cut them out and cut the circle out and taped it around the edge. You still got those to make your own little sleeves for them. Mm-hmm. But um, I think there's also there was a time when she was getting, you know, you would get X jukebox singles. You'd go to the pub and the landlord would be just giving away the ones they'd taken out of the jukebox. That you know, has. so I think actually some, she may well have just got these things three years later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, following in the year twenty five twenty five, we have uh, Bad Moon Rising by Creedence oh, Clearwater Revival. It's a, it's a cracking year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Creedence yeah. Clearwater. Ah, yeah. All, all the uh, group, right? There's, there's a good line by J- uh, Jasper Carrot about Creedence Clearwater, but I can't remember what it is now. But, so I think <laughs> someone's going on about all the old, all the old stuff in the bargain bins. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that was used in American Werewolf in London as well. Yeah. I, one of the first time, one of the first times I heard it. 
I'm not entirely um, sure about the uh, political correctness of Creedence Clearwater anymore, but uh, they, I, I do have a collection of theirs. But I think that, I think they're very much associated with the South, the South, which is not um, necessarily a good thing these days. That, that their flag, you know, that their flag. Yeah, trying to see what other they had. Um, well, I mean, obviously they had hits in well, Fortune Son and everything like that. You know, I mean, it's, uh, there's some cracking stuff from. Uh, Creedence Clearwater, but they are—they they do tend to become anthems for um, perhaps uh, areas of uh, American yeah. American culture that uh, are less uh, we're less comfortable with these days, shall we say? Mm-hmm. They had quite a lot of top ten hits and mm. quite high up in the between 60, uh, 68 and, mm. and seventy one in the states. They, they also had used in Die Hard Four, I think. Actually, come to think of it, Fortunate mm. Son. They had they had they had less big hits in the UK. They had Proud Mary, which was a hit mm. both sides. And then they had Travelling Band, that was top mm. ten, and Up Around the Bend, that was mm. that's well, that's their second biggest yeah, right. hit. But uh, in America, I, I think it's probably getting on for sort of ten songs mm. that were top ten. Mm. Well, for for uh, a certain sector of society, they are the sort of like they are their youth. They are their anthems. Their youth anthems. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, following Bad Moon Rising, we've got Chatem Sophisticated by Jane Birkin and Serge Gainsborough. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a rude. Did that get banned? I seem to remember that get banned. I think it, I think yeah, I think it did. BBC speed. wouldn't play that sort of muck. <laughs> filth. It, filth. It was I only say. number one for one week as well. But, uh, um, Although it does have the air slightly of, of uh, someone just, uh, what's it called, phone hacking somebody's personal conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, then we had I'll Never Fall in Love Again by Bobby Gentry uh, for one week. Things have calmed um, down. This all got a bit lovey-dovey in the late 60s. Uh, late, late, yeah. late 69, hasn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a Burt Bacharach and How oh, David okay. song. Never uh, Fall in Love Again. It was... Uh, written for the musical Promises, Promises. I feel that that was played at Butlins and Pontins. I, f- I feel we went to uh, either a Butlins or a Pontins, and, and for some reason I've just got a flashback to some ballroom there, which, considering I would have been about six, is mm. weird. Um, I think uh, Dion Warwick did did a very popular version of it as well around the same time. Dion. There, we've just got two more number ones okay. left. And the next one is the biggest number one of of the year. Okay. It's the the Archies, Sugar Sugar. Sugar Sugar. Now, that, that surprises me, considering it, it it seems sort of light and fluffy compared to everything that's come before it, doesn't it? In many ways, you know, apart from the last sort of two romance ballads. But but that early part of the year seems very sort of hard rock and loud, and suddenly, you know, Sugar Sugar. Anyway, and then our. Now know. my teeth are all falling out because they're rotting with all that yeah. well, cause Although, obviously, the, sits with the marmalade at the top of the years. Because the, the Archies were um, a fictional band on an, ama- on an animated TV series. Really? Yeah. So it's not mm-hmm. just it's not bloody Pinky and... We're not getting any Pinky and Perky. There's no... no. <laughs> Suppose they were the new monkeys, but you, uh, perhaps they decided after the monkeys that it was easier to have a cartoon band who couldn't... Uh, Walk away, um, cause cause trouble. We're walking. You can recast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, Sugar Sugar was the. They did have other singles, but Sugar Sugar was the only one that hit hit our top forty. But, uh, That's interesting, though. What what were the dates on that? Was it 
you say it was the was it there a long time or just the biggest selling? Uh, it was uh, no, it was um, eight weeks. So eight, it was, um, eight weeks from September to um, from sort of late October into. Oh, right. in, so this well, is the run up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, um, if that, you just kind of think whether it was anything to do with something like appearances on things like Cracker Jack or something. I don't know. Although I don't know how they would have done it with a no. if it was a cartoon. Band, well, so. uh, well, it might well be that the, again we were in the early days of. Um, not videos as such, but Magical Mystery Tour had had that film made. Mm. So maybe there was something to do. Maybe there was just a really interesting cartoon that people liked. Yeah. Now, the, the last number one in 1969 is... Uh, is it a banger? Well, actually, it's um, a bit of a controversial one. Oh, my. Ending on a controversial point as we leave the 1960s. It's Two Little Boys by Rolf Harris. Ah, him. So... Um, a name that uh, we dare not speak anymore. Uh, oh, but you but, just did, uh, obviously. Yes. Like that, that Australian gentleman, yes. So that was the Christmas number one of 1969, and that was the last yeah. last song of the 60s. That, yeah. that feels wrong on so many levels, doesn't it? Yeah. So many levels. It was actually written in 1902. Um, yeah. It's, a, it's, an old, it's an old song. Um, he must have had a TV show on or something, because, again, it just... Who the heck was buying it? You know, when you think about it, you know, because I know he had uh, was it that Jake the Peg one, well, yeah. you know, and son things of, like that. So he obviously had a, a few. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, he bothered so he's known for his music. But but it's just fascinating to me that when you think about it, a, a lot of these songs are actually just bloody awful. Yeah. <laughs> he he um yeah he had a lot of he had a lot of TV shows when I was growing up in mm. the sort of later 70s, early into mm. the 80s and stuff, but I don't know whether he was... Perhaps he did back in the 60s as well. Uh, I have a copy on my shelf of um, TV All-Stars Annual from 1970. Mm. And it has articles, uh, you know, interviews and what have you with the stars. And, you know, so there's like a two, three-page article on Scylla, there's a two, three-page article on Des O'Connor, you know. The two... Uh, but there are articles on him and that DJ we also can't mention, and yeah. and it's just interesting that these were all in many ways the Saturday night entertainers of their time, if you see what mm. I mean. So, mm. so actually, a lot of that kind of popular musician entertainer were moving into family entertainment, if you like, for want of a better word, at that stage. Mm. So it's, it's kind of interesting, but uh, probably we should draw a veil. Yes, and we've got plenty of other. I want before we go over to America. I mm. want to uh, just run through a few other songs that were big this year. Uh, we, we we didn't stop and discuss them for ages, but mm-hmm. we've got "Son of a Preacher Man" by Dusty Springfield. Hey, only boy, good Yes, <laughs> Dusty. And, and she wasn't that long off stopping de- stopping having big hits in '69. Mm. She by the by the early '70s, she, she wasn't doing very well at all. Mm. With, I think uh, Dusty's "Son of a Preacher Man" actually sort of struck a chord in our household and I think again it's one of those ones that used to keep turning up on things like uh, Stu Potts you know uh, Junior Choice which we used to listen to at the weekend Saturday Sunday mornings over breakfast as a family but uh, Son of a Preacher Man a kind of appealed because it was kind of very you'd say middle of the road now but also it was I mean my dad was a preacher so it mm. kind of it struck a chord mm. 
Whistle Fox on the Run by Manfred Mann. There you go. Uh, she yeah. walked through the corn leading down to the river. I couldn't remember that song for so many <laughs> years. I think I presumed it was the song. I'll have, I'll have to listen and see mm. um, how, how, you know. Oh, she took all that. the love that a poor boy could give her and left him to die like a fox on the run. Like a fox, oh, like dear. a fox, like a fox. Oh, on the run. That's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <we wish>, uh, <laughs> Which I've just murdered. But there we go. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure Ick will come along and um, unmurder it. Unmurder it, yes. Um, <laughs> with his, his dulcet tones. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, Dancing in the Street by Martha and the Vandellas. That's, I'm sure that must have been out before 69. Martha right? and the Vandellas! Of course, that turns up in, uh, what's it called, uh, Good Morning Vietnam, you know. So, again, it's quite evocative yeah. of that era and, of course, got covered by Jagger and Bowie later. Mm. It, yeah, it came out in 64, so there must have been some reason it came back out mm. in 69. Again, possibly this is, uh, I mean, you have got the era when certain tunes were being played a lot in Vietnam. So, yeah. mm. But I don't, I mean, I know sort of British, in the British charts, it probably had nothing to do with NAM whatsoever. Mm. But interesting, nevertheless. We've got um, Nina Spohn's version of the Bee Gees to Love Somebody. Okay. Got to um, number five. Um Got Dinah Ross and the Supremes mm. and the Temptations with "I'm Gonna Make You Love Me" number three. Blimey, that's that's um, a lineup. Have yeah, to divvy, divvy up the fees for that one. Crikey! Yeah, you got you got Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, um, you've got "Which to Line Man" by Glenn Campbell. Oh yes, number seven. Glenn. Um, you still got Silla's still having top three hits. You have got mm. "Surround Yourself with Sorrow" number three. Mm. Um, Monsieur Dupont by Sandy Shaw number six. Okay. Um, Shandy Shaw on the shoes. Show shoes, no shoes, no shoes, Shandy. <laughs> got um, Dean Martin, Gentle on My Mind, number two. Mm-hmm. Um, f- first of May by the Bee Gees, number six. I have a feeling that the Bee Gees were entering the end of their first phase. phase, And, and they start to mm-hmm. squabble. And, um, yes, Jill, they do. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's also interesting that uh, Dean Martin can still chart in this era, which is kind of interesting in itself, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, whether, whether that was from a film. Ah. If, he, if he'd have got to number one, we'd have had time to look. Well, he'd have been Matt Helm by then, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Mary, Mary Hopkin with Goodbye. Ah. Um, that got to, that got to number two. Uh, Pinball Wizard mm. um, by The Who, number four. I Can Hear Music mm, by The Beach Tommy. Boys, number oh, ten. Yeah. Uh, the Windmills of Your Mind by Noel Harrison, number eight. That's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance mm. Kid, isn't it? Is that? Yeah. Uh, Fleetwood Mac had another high charting song with Man of the World, number two. Uh, Not oh, okay. good. And uh, The Boxer by Simon and Garfunkel, number six. Mm. Uh, In a clearing stands a boxer and a provider by his trade and he carries the reminder of every god that laid him down or cut him till he hung out his... Anger and a shame. need to learn to breathe better. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, Peter Sarsted had another... Top ten hit with frozen orange juice. I don't think that's uh, retained its fame in the way that. Uh, mm. Where do you go to? I love no, you. No, no, no. Well, I, I was just thinking Sarsen's vinegar. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling I read somewhere that 1969 Robin Gibb has like three or four singles that did very well. And I think there's one here, okay. Saved by the Bell, that got to number two. So I think that we probably are in the era where they're starting to do solo stuff. And, um, mm. But. Uh, 
They'll be back. Um, we've got yeah, we've got Johnny Cash, a boy named Sue, number four. Boy named Sue. Um, Lay Lady Lay by Bob Dylan, number five. It's all familiar stuff. Oh, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. By the Hol- by the Hollies, uh, number three. That would take up another twenty years to get to number one. Absolutely, but uh, again, a bit of a bit of a late night drunken standard, yeah. really, for, for many a year in between. Um, but we've got um, Jethro Tut. Not saying that's a good yes. thing, by the way. That sort of a, a, a wall full of blokes singing, you know, some old trying to pretend the the kind of sentimental when they've just sort of scared the living daylights out of a oh, room. Is it a good uh, thing? Uh, the, um, the Beatles also released something um, as a single, which. Champion in a way. Which we got, we only got number four. I thought you could say, oh, the Beatles released something, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> um, and you got Sweet Dream by Jethro Tull, uh, which I think actually okay. remember being quite a, quite a. I think that uh, Jethro Tull's early stuff is quite different. He's more rocky than it, than, than or different. Tull sort so. of passed me by. Uh, a lot of people I've I've known over the years have liked Tull, and there are a couple of things mm. I've heard, but. The whole sort of Jethro Tull thing sort of passed me by. It's a bit like um, Grateful Dead, yeah. you know, just passed yeah. me by. Um, last couple, I mean, there's loads of others, but the last couple mm-hmm. uh, we've got uh, Winter World of Love by Engelbert, Hunk, um, by Engelbert Humperdinck, <laughs> number seven. Um, yeah. Hunk a drink. And Tom Jones <laughs> also had a top ten without love. Um, number ten. So know. both those two. Were, so the Tom and the Hunk were were doing their thing. Yeah, because they were. Because the they were around, having their big hit, having big hits the previous year. Mm. Um, you see, I, I the thing that fascinates me is that is you get the the rock star, and you get the you know rock and roll star and everything like that, and you get obviously the pop star. But now you've suddenly got the the pop stars who became respectable. Hey. I, I suspect that uh, Humperdinck was always at the respectable end, but Tom Jones is suddenly becoming mainstream, very mainstream in the sense of very broad spectrum, very. Yeah. So yeah, you know, your grandma likes him as well, yeah. you know. Yeah. I imagine that had a lot to do with Green Green Grass of Home, which we yes. talked about in yeah. the previous. Yeah. Um, very quickly before we go to America, just a few albums that came out in '69. We've got okay. um, well, we've got Led Zeppelin by Led Zeppelin. We've got Yellow. The, That's Led Zeppelin, yeah, as we yeah. know. We've it got now. Yellow Yellow Submarine <laughs> by the Beatles, which was the soundtrack mm-hmm. album to the the cartoon Yellow okay. Submarine. Um, yes. We've got Donovan's greatest fun Donovan's that. greatest hits. Um, mm-hmm. yes. uh, we've got Instant Replay by the Monkeys, which is one of their lesser, um, uh, their lesser okay. known ones. I think there's probably, um, I, I think we're in the era where there's only three of them now. So. Mm. Um, and it was after the cancellation of the TV show. It's amazing, is it? It barely feels like we've started talking about them. Yeah, they're already out the other side. They've gone. Um, who else have we got? Um, the Birds, Dr. Birds and Mr. Hyde. That's one of the... Okay. Again, the Birds have sort of come through their most popular period and they're sort mm. of in their more experimental s- stage. Um, um, we've got Dusty in Memphis by Dusty Springfield. Um, mm. Dusty's live. Scott Walker, Scott Three, the Velvet Underground. Okay. Um, oh, the Velvet Underground is that the the one with the banana? No, I think on the that's, front? that's a, another one. The other one must okay. I think the okay. the Velvet Underground and Nico must be. I don't know if that might be earlier. That might the be the one before this. 
Uh, right, okay. Because I have a feeling that that's like 67, but I might be wrong. Uh, we've got Hair. He's, Hair is a very big musical. If I learned things from these uh, episodes, Paul, I might remember yeah, them from last yeah. time. <laughs> um, yeah, Hair was very big as a musical at that point, and the soundtrack was big, Yes. Um, as was the... Yes. Um, well, I don't know if you look if you put attractive uh, young people up on a stage with no clothes on. I, I wonder if that'll be a success. <laughs> um, got uh, oh, I, an album my own, but I've never listened to. Um, Trout Mask Replica by Captain Beefheart. It's one of those albums and performers. Now, Peely was a big Beefheart fan. I've, I've known quite a few people who are big Captain yeah. Beefheart fans. But uh, again, a couple of tracks, but not never. Again, it just never sort of came onto my radar. Yeah. I got as far as owning the album without ever playing it, but uh, probably got it from mm. a fop or well, something. But maybe you'll put it on tonight. Um, you've got a few people like Roberta Flack and Alice Cooper mm-hmm. doing there early albums mm-hmm. so some of these names Alice Cooper and of course he's, he's still rattling yeah, along some Alice of these Cooper. names that just sort of end up being big in the uh, uh, 70s uh, starting up Fairport mm. Convention Unhalf Pricking mm. um, The Doors The Soft Parade Tim Buckley Steppenwolf mm-hmm. um, some of these right. we will hear from again when we reach the 70s yeah. Shocking Blue at home I'm a bit of a Shocking Blue fan they of course mm. they had um a hit with Venus, I think, in seventy. Um, yeah. Do you think there's a kind of perception, though? You know, when the decade changes, that all these things are so last decade. Do you think that actually sort of really happens? It's so, suddenly, you know, in oh, that was all sixty nine. Suddenly, when you're in the seventies, it all sort of feels sort of old hat and yesterday. Yeah. I don't yeah. know because there's so many things that I actually seem to have. They seem to come to an end at the end of sixty nine. Yeah. You know, they properly do. I mean, things like the yeah. Avengers. You know, you don't get. The Avengers in the 70s. I mean, that's sort of one example. And obviously, we got colour television coming in, so a lot of black and white series mm. sort of ended, and then a lot of colour series started in the 70s. And it's just interesting, that point of view, that musically, do you think that, you know, even even if it's, you know, only a couple of weeks ago, for some reason, our brains sort of think, up oh, because mm, of the numbers. Mm. This is all suddenly so last year. Oh, we've got a couple, a couple more albums... Uh, the Monkees did another album. They did their eighth album in, in the latter part of '69. Um, okay. It was uh, the, the Monkees present. It's the second Monkees album released after Peter Tork left, and it's the last to feature okay. Michael Nesmith. So, uh, yeah. see, I again, I had it in my head that Nesmith left before mm. Tork. because so uh, I know he, I know Tork came back, yeah. didn't he? When they, well, I think Nesmith even came back for one album apparently in in '96. Mm. Um, there's another. Listen to the band. Yeah, there's a, yes. um, a Kinks <laughs> album I'm particularly fond of called Arthur or the Decline and Fall of the British Empire, okay. which I think went with a TV. Okay. I think there was some sort of TV show. Um, I think right. A Granada television play was was, okay. which I think is now long since lost. But uh, um, so yeah. many are. Um, um, Amagama by Pink Floyd. Um, we've got Ike and Tina Turner. Um, yeah. And Tom Jones doing an album in Las Vegas, Las Vegas. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, lots there. But we need to go over to America, so we should. Well, we should go and join yes, Tom in yes. Vegas and see what's going on. Well, the first number one will be familiar. Uh, for four weeks, we've got "I Heard It Through the," "I Heard It Through the Grapevine" by Marvin Gaye. Right. Then for two weeks, we have "Crimson and Clover" by Tommy James and the Shondells. So that that wait a minute though the. the they heard it through the grapevine. That was because that was later in the year yes, in Britain, was, wasn't it? Yeah. So again, this is that thing. It became a huge hit, and then sort of 
a few months later travel there. Yeah, although kind of it existed before then. So. But yeah, like you say, it had been around for two years before. Um, the, uh, the, Sh- the Crimson Clover song doesn't appear to even have been released in the UK. Uh, so okay. can't expect to recognise that necessarily. It, it might be one of those, you know. Mm. We have had a few of those that you go, oh, yeah. it's that one. By f- by f- um, for four weeks we have Everyday People by Sly and the Family Stone. Um, okay. Which I, unfortunately always makes my brain go towards <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. I don't know why. It's just one of those strange and peculiar things that happens. It's that nominative thing, you know. Your brain just makes joins the dots with the, the sounds of words sometimes, and uh, so it's Sly and the Family Stone, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Um, well, when Nick and I were talking about the films of, we were talking about Rocky. We, we, um, and we no, we were talking about. Mm. Uh, um, Saturday Night Fever or something, one of those sorts of films, and Sylvester Stallone either directed it or mm. was hi- hi- heavily involved with it. We just we just couldn't um, we just couldn't. Oh he, no, he'd, uh, yeah, staying alive. We staying just alive. He directed, yes. Doing a disco movie. <laughs> it's actually very uh, very weird because uh, the opening to Staying Alive is basically a long tracking shot on Travolta's <laughs> arse, basically. Which again sort of doesn't quite sit with the personality that that uh, Stallone was trying to put across, mm. but I suppose he knew his audience, and if, if that was the sort of shot that people wanted to see, who are going to go and see this film? Mm. So, um, very going back to the slime, the family stone. Um, that their single everyday mm. people got to number thirty six in the UK, but I remember, and I was I was just looking because okay. in ninety two there was a band called Arrested Development, and they had a song called Everyday People, which apparently. Mm. I wondered if there was a connection, and apparently it is an adapted version of, of the Sly and the Family Stone um, oh, okay. song. So, uh, after that, for four weeks, we have Dizzy by Tommy Rowe. Um, and then Dizzy. for six weeks, we have Aquarius, Let the Sun Shine In by the Fifth Dimension, which would have been uh, in Hair. Uh, no, no, this I is think. the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Aquarius, yeah. Um, then for five weeks, we have Get Back by the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Um, See, that's simultaneous, weeks, isn't it, more or less? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's interesting that some, yeah. some are and some aren't. Yeah, Beatles managed to fit in quite a few singles. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, well, they need to get uh, the money before they go, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't know that. We do, we, do, we know it now. We didn't know it then. <laughs> um, for two weeks, we have the love theme from Romeo and Juliet by Henry Mancini. Interesting. Uh, so that'll be, then a, that'll be a film. Uh, yeah. But that won't be, obviously, the DiCaprio version. <laughs> Actually, this is a year where there is quite a lot of songs yeah. that are the sa- the same as the UK, just in maybe different orders, yeah. because we've then got for six weeks in the year 2525 yeah. by Zagreb and Evans, and then for four weeks Honky Tonk Women mm. by the Rolling Stones, and then for five weeks Sugar Sugar by the Archies. Okay. Uh, and then I wonder if what comes up next is almost what we'll get in 1970, mm. because you've got for two weeks I Can't Get Next to You by The Temptations, mm. You've got Suspicious Minds mm. for one week by Elvis Presley. Mm. Um, you've got Wedding Bell Blues for three weeks, The Fifth Dimension again. Okay. Um, and then you've got Come Together Something by The Beatles. So that... that well, a slightly that, better end of the year than we slightly, are, that's for sure. <laughs> that's like, well, that means slightly Come Together. Well, I think, I think in the UK it was something with... It probably a double A side, but mm. it was something with Come Together on the mm. other side. Whereas I think "Come Together" is on the is on the AA side. Would you say that some um, records are are 
better for American airplay than, and some are better for British airplay. Yeah, I would have thought that the UK would have preferred something mm. come together with a bit more sort of mm. uh, alternative. Mm. Um, Interesting. And, and, and I can understand if that was the reasoning. But we've still got three more songs okay. uh, which we hadn't had or we hadn't had. No. Um, we've got for two weeks Na Na Hey Hey Kissing Goodbye by by Steve. Wow, again, or, I'm more um, familiar with the Na Na Nini Nunu nu version of that. <laughs> yes. Um, I think. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Dee says it's Banana Rama, but what do you know, Dee? <laughs> we um, know it's Na Na Nini Nunu. Nu, and we all. We are absolutely sticking with. He's a bit, a bit, he's a bit bottomy. He's a bit, I'm a bit toppy. It's funny actually. I saw um, a video of uh, uh, Banana Rama. Oddly enough, I can't even remember what what I saw it on, but I saw it the other day, and uh, it was it was a late, a sort of early eighties, and you, and again you you suddenly start to realise that uh, the, these these wild young things are now sort of in their sort of mid fifties, you know. Or, or yeah. early fifties, mm. you know. It's kind of. I, I'm. Um, I think they're probably in their late. No, well, they, um, I'm, I'm being. I'm, I'm, being reading, a, I'm trying to be a gentleman. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm reading their autobiography. Oh, right. they um, At uh, yeah, they were definitely in, at school in the sixties. Don't object. I don't um, object, object at all to uh, Banana Rama. I think they were. They were perfectly, perfectly acceptable mm. pop band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're still going to this day. They had an album quite recently, which was actually rather good, um, in a in a you know poppy poppy mm. way, uh, which is what they've always been anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the the last two number ones are "Leaving on a Jet Plane" by Peter Paul and Mary, and that some does sound someday like, will it's be. Funny, that does feel like you're flying into the 1970s, that doesn't it? I, I, yeah. I even associated with the adverts of the time. It's kind of like yeah, it's yeah. sort of like a sort of easy listening sort of slightly uh, comfortable ride into the next decade yes mm-hmm. and go on and then we've got the, the last number one um, is Someday We'll Be Together by Diana Ross oh, and the Supremes okay. but, I suppose uh, that is I mean that's funny enough because I'm leaving on a jet plane Someday We'll Be Together you almost feel like it's a double A side that point yeah. <laughs> um, now uh, listeners we promise you we will be going on um Oh, he does go on. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I won't tell you the names of the songs, but I'll tell you what we've got to come uh, next time Martin and I speak. Oh, yeah, a whole new decade. Yeah, I'll have to throw away all the the pinstripe... No, not the pinstripe, the the narrow narrow lapel suits and the thin ties and get my flowery shirts out and go all... Was it um, John Ridge or Doomwatch? It's quite quite a mixed year. the cravat out. We've got... We've, we've still got Rolf Harris, but we've yeah. also got Edison Lighthouse, Lee Marvin, Simon Garfunkel, Dana, Norman Greenbaum, England World Cup Squad 1970, yeah. Christie, Mungo Jerry, Elvis Presley, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, Frida Payne, right. Matthew Southern Comfort, Jimi Hendrix Experience, and David Edmonds. Dave Edmonds. He yeah. sounds like so, a football manager, but probably isn't. <laughs> yeah. So, well, there's uh, a lighthouse in yeah, there. I'm always fond of a lighthouse, I should know. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll um we'll have plenty to discuss next time. Fabulous uh, in the supersonic seventies, oh, isn't it nice to know there's yes. still us two burbling on about music? One of the days <laughs> yeah. great taste. <laughs> well Martin, thank you very much for joining me again. Always to a pleasure for sixties. And thank you, dearly, for sitting here relatively quietly the whole time. <laughs> um and he is here, he has been curled up with me for the majority of this show. Anyway, right, well, we'll speak to you again soon, listeners. You take care, and, uh, and um, yeah, goodbye for now. Take care, bye-bye. Bye-bye now.
Well, Paul, you've reached the end of the 60s. Marvellous. You've done very well. Thank you, Yeti Uncle John. Yes, yes, absolutely. Very impressed, very impressed. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, well, I don't suppose there's any point in asking you if you remember anything about 1969. Were you even alive in 1969? I mean, I don't know how this all works. I mean, you're my uncle and uh, you know, I was born in the 70s. I presume you were born before me, but I guess some uncles are the similar age to their own nephews, if, if you see what I mean, depending on... Yes, yes, I know what you mean, Paul. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, we don't need to go into that, but uh, a, a lady doesn't tell uh, when it comes to age. Uh, right, OK, well, I take it that means you were around in the 60s, but maybe, rather like Martin, you don't remember a lot about it. Uh, maybe that's quite accurate, yes, maybe. You should ask uh, Bettina. She'd know. She was there. She talks about Andy Warhol, you know, hanging out with him. So she must have been an adult. Uh, I don't suppose he was her babysitter. <laughs> Andy Warhol as Bettina Dupre's babysitter. No, no it somehow doesn't uh, ring true. Well, we know she was in films in the 60s. We've seen some of them, have we? Yes, I mean, we have, yeah. Yes, and, and Damius as well. He he was he was there back then too. But uh, yes, being a a tea kettle and things like that. Being a tea kettle, yes. Oh well, um, are you looking forward to hearing what Ick, um, what Ick, um, how Ick murders the songs of nineteen sixty nine? Yeti Uncle John, I would let him hear you say that. Uh, well, uh, yes, well, it's all very well. I, I, I won't say any more. I can. I can hear the theme music coming anyway. Where, where is Eek? He is here, isn't he? He is. He's practising. He, he intends to do a very good job. He didn't want to uh, uh, distract himself before he started. Oh, right then. <laughs> Listeners, here it comes. Eek sings the big hits of 1969. Yeah, you've got a treat in store, I can tell you. Yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Ooh, such mysteries. He's <laughs> crazy. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. Hello, listeners. It's me, Ick. I'm going to sing some of the hits of 1969. I'm going to start with an old favorite. Yes, ahem. There's been in the marketplace. Um, there's a good one. There's been a couple of years that have been 
get it back, Jojo. Get it back, Wifey Jojo. Uh, yes, yes. Um, dizzy, my head is spinning like a whirlpool. It never ends, and it's you, please. Oh, it's you, girl, making me spin. You're making me dizzy like a whirlpool. Okay, I think that's the other version. Never mind. The ballad of Trouble Yoko. Pum, pum, pum. in that song. Oh dear. Um, oh, don't worry about it. Oh, oh, alright then. I think you're doing very well, by the way. Oh, thank you, Uncle John. Um, I'll never fall in love again. Do I'll never fall in love again. Do, 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 do. Oh, sugar, sugar, do, 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 do. You are my candy girl And I'm doing you want to be Do 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 Oh sugar do 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 Oh sugar sugar do 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 Honey Oh I think I've got the right song Have I got the right song? Have you think it's gone? No It's gone Oh dear, oh dear. Oh. Well, it seems to have gone home, I think. Oh dear, oh dear. Two little boys heading off home. We've got them here in the studio. No, we're not doing two little boys. No. No, we're not doing that one. We don't like it. Sorry. Goodbye. Two little boys had two little toys. 
Is that all right for you? It's fine, thank you very much. good? Jolly, jolly good. All this French music I notice, uh, it's very impressive. We are going to take over the world! Shiny babes today. <laughs> 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447. 447.